Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Today, I'll take I'm thinking about national heritage purpose of the 4th of July. I felt it advisable and led of the Lord to speak along the subject uh, that you have there listed in your bulletin, Let Freedom Ring. We're going to take the text for it from a probably a surprising passage in the book of Leviticus. But listen to the words of this psalm, the first 12 verses. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right, all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he speaketh, where he spake, brother, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. And here's the last verse is the reason I wanted to read this. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Now go with me back to Leviticus, the third book, chapter 25. Verse 10 will be the text. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession and ye shall return every man unto his family. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for a time to pause and reflect. Remember the foundation upon which our nation was built. We thank you that we have the freedom to worship, the privilege that is ours to share today without fear of required reprisal because we serve you according to the dictates of our heart, according to what we believe you have taught us in your word, according to that which you have instructed us through the power of the Spirit that lives within us. Bless us and direct our thinking today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. 
We have a 4th of July, a day that has been set aside to remember the Declaration of Independence that we have become independent of others, established as a nation. One of the things that we cherish above all things in our country is the privilege of our freedom to worship. It has been challenged many times and will continue to be, but at this point in time we have this privilege. It ought to be, this 4th of July, a time of declaring that freedom will reign throughout our land and always will because we will adhere to the principles upon which our nation was established. The Hebrew people had a year, once every 50 years, that they called the year of Jubilee, which served to enhance the very things that our nation was established upon. For in that one year, every 50 years, at a point in time, everything that a person had given up because of his financial difficulties was returned to him. Every slave was set free. Everything went back to the way God established it. A time of tremendous celebration. And during this period of time, they taught their children to remember the heritage that they had from their forefathers. The very thing that we today surely ought to be teaching our children. I'm going over, first of all, I want to say, well, let me say that I like to say just four things this morning. And I'll do them fairly rapidly. I want to say that this season of, the, of our year, as we remember the foundation of our country on the 4th of July, should cause us to, first of all, remember the basis upon which our country was born. Secondly, it ought to be a time when we will actually return in our faith to God. Thirdly, it ought to be a time of rest. And fourthly, it ought to be a time to exercise our faith. And I'll speak of those four points independently. In the book of Deuteronomy, in the 31st chapter, we find these words beginning at verse 9. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests and the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he has chosen, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing, Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn, and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. 
You've heard the word seven years in that passage of Scripture, and I told you 50 years. You may remember from your Bible history that every seven years, the land was to lie fallow and not to be tilled. And the same thing then was to happen on the 50th year. So we've got a 49th year and a 50th year together when there would be two years in which there would, would be no labor. But Moses gave them the law and told them, during each seven years you are to call your people together into an assembly, every man, every woman, every child, and every stranger that is in your land, you are to call together and you are to read the law and you are to instruct your people as to what the law has to say. And for those youngsters who have been too young to know anything about these things, he said you are to teach them in order that they will learn to fear the Lord your God. There comes a time in the history of our nation when we need to look back upon the law of our land and the foundations of it and remember why we are the nation that we are. But we also ought to remember in doing this that we have a, certainly a need to reflect upon our Christian foundation, the basis upon which we have our faith. A time to remember that our nation had a foundation, but also that our faith has a foundation. It's important that we know what we believe and why we believe it upon it. What was our faith founded? One of the things that we try to do, particularly on Wednesday nights, is give a foundation for our faith. Why do we believe what we believe? What's our heritage? And reflect upon it. But secondly, the year of Jubilee was a time to call all the people back to God. And in Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 30, we are told that the Jubilee year was to begin with a day of atonement in which the priest would offer a sacrifice for the sins of all the people. And that day, all the people would come together and the priest would offer the sacrifice and all of their sins God would forgive. Can you imagine those people waiting for that day to come? They are bringing the burden of all of their sin and they are going to have their sins were given the entire congregation on that day. The excitement, the jubilation that must have taken place. Then immediately following the forgiveness of all the sin of the people, everybody's property was returned to its original owner, and every slave was set free. You think there wasn't some shouting and some firecrackers going off and some hallelujahs being sung and shouted and worship services being conducted and 
people being joyous and tears of pleasure flowing and people hugging each other because they have been completely forgiven of their sins. Can you imagine the person who has been in debt over his head and couldn't possibly avoid it, who had to give up all of his possessions, knowing that as soon as the sins of the people are forgiven, he will take possession of all of those things that were his once again. He is out of debt. Can you imagine the slave that had to sell his family, a person who sold his family or himself into slavery into, in order to pay his debts, knowing that after the sins are forgiven, he's going to be free. The father's going to have his children come back to him. They'd sold into slavery. The, the men and the women who have been slaves will be set free. The anticipation that that was taking place. Well, listen, we have our day of atonement as well. In our year of Jubilee, what was your year of Jubilee? When you were set free. When you no longer owed any debt to God. When your sins were brought before the Lord. God heard your petition and forgave you your sins. Set free. You no longer in debt in any way. This thing of being a slave to sin was lifted. One of the great tragedies of modern day time is that we do not have physical slavery like we did back in the slave days, but multitudes of people are enslaved to something. And God can set a person free from it. On the day of their own atonement. Thirdly, I would want to suggest to you that this ought to be a time for resting. And I want to use the term rest in conjunction with the term stop. It is time to stop. We're too busy. All of us. On the beginning of the seventh year or that fiftieth year, all labor of the fields and so on were to stop. I would suggest to you that we should stop today for we are too preoccupied with making a living. All of our lives are centered around the paycheck that comes once a week or once a month or whatever it might come. We're geared to what we're going to do and when we're going to do it and and in what degree we're going to do it based upon that paycheck. And if the check doesn't come, we don't take our vacation. We don't go to the store. We don't plan that purchase. We don't do the purchase that we have planned. We are preoccupied with gaining, gaining, gaining. And there comes a time in our life that we simply need to stop and realize that life is more than what we can obtain by the power of the dollar. Jesus made it plain when he said the life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. If there were any 
considers to be is what we can take into and put on our bodies. We have missed the point of life. It's time to stop and reflect on what we have had and what our lives are and what they mean. It's time for us to realize that simply the gaining of material possession becomes a mechanism by which a person is, is enslaved to those very possessions. It's time to stop and perhaps give a new direction to our lives. Where are we going? Are we simply in a rut and we're following that rut until its ultimate end? Or are we willing to say no longer am I going to have the world dictate to me what my life shall be, but get out of the rut and stop and give a new direction that hopefully will involve the service of the Lord and activities within the church. But away from selfish pursuits and toward God himself. So July the 4th ought to be more than a holiday. It ought to be a time to rest, yes. It ought to be a time, however, even more than that, to reflect and a time to redirect our lives in a more productive manner. Fourthly, I believe it's time that we exercise our faith. What would you do, or I do, if we had the seventh year of no production and the 50th year of Jubilee of no production and two years in a row we did not labor. Would our faith carry us through? Would we depend upon God to see to our needs? He has not directed us that today, but he did to the Hebrew people. Could we walk the 40 years through the wilderness with no laboring for food or clothing? and depend totally upon God to provide for our needs? I doubt that many of us, if any, would be capable of handling that requirement. And yet it was a testimony of their dependence upon God for that to take place in the seventh year and then in the year of Jubilee. A time to turn our energies and our efforts not to the exercise of our bodies or to the exercise of our minds, but to the exercise of our faith, to depend on God, to put our trust in Him fully and completely. In the psalm that we read, in the, the verse that I called your attention to, the 12th verse, the scripture says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If there is anything we need to do in this week of celebration of the 4th of July, our declaration of independence as a nation, it ought to be to call this nation's attention to the fact that we are going to survive only if God is our God. 
But for the most part, our attention will be turned to other things. And although those things may not of themselves be bad, but, but certainly we ought to be turning our attention for patriotism to the nation, but patriotism to our God, more importantly than even our nation. And then, as he said, to teach our children what God is, what his word is, what it means to us. One of the tragedies that we find is that most children are not really sure what their parents stand for. Most children don't know what their parents stand for in church attendance, or in prayer, or in Bible reading, or in patriotism to the flag. Most children across our nation probably would not know what their parents' attitude would be toward burning the flag. Hopefully, our children will know that. It's a time to renew this 4th of July. Our allegiance to God, our allegiance to our country that is represented here even in our sanctuary by our national flag on your right. Sometimes we forget that there's another flag on this pulpit over in the right corner to my right to the left. The Christian flag. During our Bible school times we and our, our kids learn the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag and to the God for which it stands. But I'm very distraught as I go to public meetings, to ball games and those things to to see people who seem to be totally unaware or uncaring that there is a flag being saluted for whom people have died in this country and other countries to give us the freedom that is represented by that flag. The way we're going to close the service this morning is different than we normally do. I, it's, there's going to be a hymn, and we're going to sing it, not an invitation to him as such, but the invitation is extended, and we will do so. But as we close this morning's service, I'm going to ask all of us to stand, and we're going to give a pledge, the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag, and come on, Patty, and get ready and Tim, and we're going to sing, at the close of that Pledge of Allegiance, the hymn, My Country Tis Thee, Sweet Land of Liberty. And as we sing it, I hope that we can reflect upon what our nation means to us and why we would salute our flag and then carry that further and realize that our nation will only be strong as long as our people worship and serve the God that established it through our forefathers. Can we do that? Let's stand and give the pledge to the flag and then we will immediately say, what, what is the number, Tim, so everybody will have it? Danny, 455 will be the number. But let us give the pledge to the flag and then we'll sing. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with 
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.